Hello, 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 and welcome to the Failing Forward podcast. I am so excited to introduce my mama friend. We met on Clubhouse, Miss Lauren Lavender. She is an inspiration to me because she knows what it means to experience mama burnout and experience that stay-at-home life and figure out what is next. Like, how do I find my purpose? How do I find my passion? How can I find a way to fill my cup so I can continue to pour into the cups of all those around me, including my little kiddos, my husband, my friends, my family, and my community. Lauren Lavender is a recovering burnt out stay at home mom turned successful mom entrepreneur. She helps burnt out women find the strength they need to accomplish their goals through motivation, education, and empowerment without letting fear, anxiety, or doubt get in their way. Lauren was that burnt out woman. She grew up as a notorious people pleaser, running on the thoughts and validations of others. She was constantly unhappy, unsuccessful, unloved, and ultimately unaccepted because she never did what was best for her. Now she's turned her pain into purpose as a marketing manager in SAS, podcast host, and executive producer of Fortunately Relatable, proud mom to a human and a dog, a wife to her favorite mentor in counting. Her mission is to serve a million burnt out people and help them become the best version of themselves using the power that they already have. Lauren, welcome to the Failing Forward podcast, my dear. Thank you so much for having me, Nico. I am so excited to be here and I feel like a a huge, huge honor and blessing has been dropped into my lap with this opportunity. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. So let's dive right into it. I want to hear. So how old is your kiddo? What were you feeling right? We were talking about pre-body, post-body, pre-baby, post-baby. Like, let's get right into it. Let's talk about the experience of becoming a mother and what that looks like emotionally, mentally, and physically. Yeah. Great question. So I have a son who is almost two um, and he was completely planned. My husband and I were so excited to have him. Um, And it's funny because when my husband and I met, we were pretty much on this path of you want to have kids, right? Cool. All right. Like, so let's just have them. Cool. Okay. Good talk. So we did, we, we started trying right away. We got pregnant right away and I had a very successful and beautiful pregnancy. It was incredible. Um, I actually kept saying, I like pregnant me more than not pregnant me. Um, I think I was running on hormones and passion and that really sparked a movement in myself. And I kept asking myself, what is it about being pregnant? That is so amazing for me. Granted, I did have a very easy pregnancy and I know I am, you know, kind of an outlier in that space, but it was to me, it was a kind of a revolutionary moment for me of something's changing and I don't know what it is, but I'm so excited to lean into it and find out. So then I go into labor and delivery and I had a terrible labor and delivery. Uh, I was 42 weeks and he was very late. I was in a lot of pain. Baby was very stressed out. And that became a very pivotal moment in my life of oh, things aren't always going to go as they seem as a mom, right? You think when when I was pregnant, I was like, oh, this is great. It's going to be so fun. I kept saying my baby's going to be my new accessory. Like I was just going to be this hot MILF that's walking around with like this awesome, like boy mom vibe. Turns out the world knocked me on my booty and said, no, momhood is really hard and it's going to take a lot of work for you. Um, So I had a a painful labor and delivery. My son, Kennedy, um, struggled coming out. The whole works. I feel like we have the entire staff in there to help me. And that really humbled me into my journey of motherhood that said, you need to be very thankful and blessed that you are a mom, but it's going to be a lot of work. So here we go. Let's just do this. Um, And so my husband and I decided I'll stay home. I went from having a full-time job in tech as a graphic designer and coordinator um, at a budding tech company. Everything was aligned. My career was in motion. I was like, you know what, but it's going to be great. I'm just going to become this stay-at-home mom. Like I have this blessed gift from my husband that he's willing to take care of us and and cover everything so that I could just be a very present at-home mom, the end, happily ever after. And about six months into it, I kept saying something is wrong and I don't know what it is. And I need to figure out what it is because I have a lot of mom guilt. I have a lot of mom shame. And I feel like I'm just living this twilight zone of repeating the same two hour shift over and over and over again, giving, giving, giving to my son and my husband. And there was nothing coming back. 
I know that's notorious when we're in that newborn phase, right? But at the end of the day, I realized I'm giving, 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 but something is missing. So then fast forward to a, my son's a year old and I told my husband, I, I think something's actually wrong with me <clears throat> because I have the world. We live in the beautiful Bay Area of you know the suburbs. I, I'm living in the house that I grew up in, my husband bought for us so that we can raise our family here. I'm healthy, we're happy, what is wrong? And so I, I feel, I realized very quickly, it's because I was missing the passion and the purpose for myself. I think it was, I, I went down a very quick, steep slope that said, when you're a mom, you give up everything and then now it's time to serve. And I said, oh no, no, no. I don't think that's fair. And I don't want to just lose me in the process. And so I decided from that moment on, I need to figure out what's going on with me and why I feel the need to enter the workforce. And I realized very quickly that I got a lot of validation and recognition in my career when I wasn't getting it in my personal life. And I know it's because I allowed that behavior to happen. I was very, very aggressive in my career. I wasn't afraid to go after things. <clears throat> Excuse me. I wasn't afraid to go after things. Um, and I had this sort of like Sasha Fierce experience going from Beyonce to Sasha Fierce. I had like an alter ego and I was like, why can't I bring that into my personal life? Like, why can't I go after what I'm passionate about in my personal life? And I realized growing up, I was a people pleaser. I was raised by parents that said, you need to do what we say and you're going to do it how we say, and you need to figure out how to please us in order to get through this life. And it took me a really hard time to realize that that's no fault of my parents. That's classic parenting. And so I've made it my mission to say, no, no, everybody's born with a purpose and a passion. And if you don't fulfill it and you don't figure out what that is, you will never be happy. Your kids will never be successful. Your husband is not going to be successful because I feel like wives and mothers and, and that female feminine energy um, is really the backbone of a family. And so if we can't take care of ourselves, if we can't figure out what that purpose and passion is first, everybody else is going to follow suit and ultimately fail. And so I decided I'm going to break the cycle. And now I am the marketing manager at a powerhouse female owned SaaS consultancy agency. I decided to go back into the workforce. I actually got hired through a company called the mom project which is an amazing asset to any woman out there that is looking to enter the workforce. That's again, the mom project. And what they do is they help women enter the workforce after they've become a mom. Because what happens is we give up everything. Our life goes on hold for the lives of others. And I'm a firm believer in that never has to happen. Even if you can, even if you can stay home, even if you are gifted that grace and that time and that blessing, you don't have to take it if you don't want to. And it's okay. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in saying, I want more for myself. You're actually an amazing example for your kids because you're saying I can help everyone and help me too. And so that's my purpose. That's the pain I'm going after. Um, and then of course, starting my own podcast, because I've learned so much through this tumultuous journey and I'm like, I can't just hold the cards and not share it with someone. So I started Fortunately Relatable. And my mission, as you mentioned earlier, is to help burnt out women accomplish their goals with the power that they already have. Everybody is able to do what they want to do. It's just a matter of if you're going to go out there and get it. So that is exactly my story. That's what I've been going after. And every day I wake up before my alarm clock because I'm like, passion is a hell of a drug. So is caffeine, but so is passion. So everything's been great that. now. Yeah. I love that so much, Lauren. I mean, there are so many things that you said that I'm just like grabbing onto getting into that mom guilt and that mom shame, because I definitely experienced it too. And I was like, what's wrong with me? I have, I have everything. I have the hot, amazing husband. We live in a beautiful home in a great area. Like I have a beautiful, healthy baby. I have everything and there's still something missing, right? And I, I was gifted the opportunity to, to be able to stay at home too, and to not have to work and to not have to do anything and just to enjoy life and go have lunch with my friends and go do this and that. And I, I didn't choose to do that because for whatever reason, I felt like I needed to keep going. So there's a part of me that sometimes is like, why can't I stop? 
right? Like, I feel like I'm a, I'm addicted to my passion and purpose and I'm, I'm struggling personally to find that work-life balance. So I'm almost on the other side of the coin where I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to take time to enjoy and appreciate and relish in the beauty that we've created here in our lives and our family. And I don't know if you've experienced that, but I completely agree with you. For me, every time I thought about being a stay-at-home mom, I would get this like anxiety, this feeling of, what do you mean be a stay-at-home mom? Like, I I feel like I'm going to lose myself. I'm going to lose my identity. I'm going to lose who Niku is, right? And yes, I am a wife. Yes, I am a mother, but I also have a story that I know I I went through in my life to, to empower and motivate and inspire and uplift other people. And I feel like if I just go, off, you know, riding off into the sunset on my, my white horse, that that's not staying authentic to what I've gone through in my story. And the reason why a higher power has put me through that it was to inspire and pour into others that are currently going through that. So I don't know if you've had a struggle like that, that you can share or speak about, but let's talk about mom guilt. Let's talk about mom shame and what it is. Cause I believe the vast majority of moms are experiencing mom guilt and shame mm-hmm. and no one's talking about it. Everyone's like, I know I'm supposed to do this and I don't want to complain or I, you know what I mean? And and it's okay to feel it, but let's talk about how we get through it. Totally. I think it's beautiful that you want to do something more for yourself. And I'm so inspired by you, Nico. I really am. So I just have to share that. I think the biggest thing about mom guilt is to realize it's natural. It's an emotion. It's something that needs to be managed. My favorite saying in the entire planet is, Pain demands to be felt. If you do not deal with that intuition and those little feelers that are coming up behind you and saying something's not right, you need to listen to what those things are. I don't care what it is. If it's not, if you're not even a mom and you're listening, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody has those feelings of, I need to do this, but I feel bad about it because when you're a mom, I think the stakes are even higher because we're thinking, oh, am I going to screw up my kid if I don't spend enough time with them? I need to take them to school because if I don't, somebody else is going to, and they're making me look bad. If I don't pack all the lunches and if I just, and if I, you know, do the best meals and the most healthiest, everything you're going to burn out. I'm telling you that right now, because nobody is perfect. And if you try to be perfect, you are setting up your kids to fail. I truly believe the best moms on the planets are the ones that say, I'm going to screw this up. I am here to be an amazing mentor. I'm going to coach you, but I'm not an expert at being a mom. You are not an expert at being a kid. We're going to figure this out together. I love you unconditionally. I think you're a brilliant soul. You're already who you're going to be. It is my job to support you and to raise you into the human you were meant to be. I'm not going to be the perfect mom. You are not going to be the perfect kid, but together we're going to figure this out. And what that also shows your kids is you're human. You're a mom. You're, you're their God first, right? You are the person they are going to look up to for everything. But at the end of the day, show them what it means to be a human. Humans are flawed. Humans have passion. Humans have purpose. If you can show by example what it means to follow your purpose and your passion, your kids will follow suit. I'm a firm believer in kids are there to absorb from you, but they already have all the knowledge they need. What they don't have is the tools to get there, the support emotionally and financially. They need a guide. They need someone to show them that is poisonous, that is healthy, that is smart, I wouldn't suggest it, but I'm happy to support you. It's my job to coach. I I look at it like they are going to be who they're going to be. And it's my job to help bring out the best in them. Now, the best way to do that is to say, if I'm not being the best me and I'm not taking time to make sure that I'm a really awesome human on this planet, why should they? Why should they do anything, right? I'm here to lead by example. I'm here to show them you can do 
whatever you want. There's books, those are suggestions. There's opinions, everyone's got them. We know the saying, right? But at the end of the day, you need to do what is right for you as a woman, as a mom, as a leader. And you also need to be a good example for your kids. Now, there is nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home mom. In fact, my mother-in-law stayed home for 50 years. She took care of my husband and he turned out amazing. And I think there is a path for everyone. My point to all of it is do whatever you need to do. So the fact that you, Nico, you, you had that, that same feeling, sorry, Nico, I don't know why I said Nico. I have a good friend. It's all good. It's all good. I've heard like eight different deviations. So it's all good. (laughs) But no, I I do. I have a friend named Nico from high school. And so I'm like, I'm, if I call her that, just it's a really cool name. I like it. Yeah, exactly. It is. It's so beautiful. Um, but anyway, so I, I love that you listened you listen to yourself because you are going to be such an amazing example for your kids, period. And I think that mom guilt is inevitable. It's what you do with it. So one of my favorite sayings is make fear your friend. And I use that like with everything. I put on my cape and I pull my hair back. I put my hoops on and I just say, we're going to be an awesome mom today. We're going to fail. We're going to make mistakes. But right now, this is what I need to do. Um, If I'm not passionate, If I'm not happy, it affects everyone around me. And I want my kids to thrive. I want my husband to be proud of me. Sure. Would he prefer that I stay home and and have more time for better, better meals? Probably. Right. And the house would be sparkling clean. Yeah, probably. But I'm going to outsource cleaners because I think I deserve it because I work my butt off to be a really good human on this planet. And I want to be a good example for my kids. So there's no shame, y'all. Mom guilt is real. It's going to happen. It's going to happen a lot but it's up to you to deal with it and to listen to your intuition of what to do about it. I love that so much. And then I've noticed one thing about you, you are an early riser. I mean, you're up early every single day, getting yourself, you know, pouring into yourself, getting on clubhouse on breakfast with champions, being inspired and motivated by powerhouses. And then you're going off to work and you have, you have not even a two-year-old. So how, like, talk to me about your schedule as a mother, that's taking the time early in the day before the day even starts before the little one even gets up when do you wake up? And then, you know, talk to me about your, your traditional work day. When does Kennedy get up? What does the day look like? You go to work, you come back. How do you make that quality time, that connection with Kennedy, with your husband? And then what's your, what's your nighttime routine? How do you wind down? When do you go to sleep so that you can get up and do it all over again? It's such a great question. Um, because I didn't realize how powerful a routine is until I became a mom, right? Pre baby body, as I will always say, Oh, I got up when I felt like it. Maybe I'll have a powerhouse face of makeup today for work, or maybe I won't. I mean, I had all these rituals that didn't matter, like my 45 minute makeup routine and what I was going to wear to work to impress and not outfit repeat and all these things. But that routine, you can't carry that routine into having a kid. I think we can all relate because now you are serving two schedules at least, including a spouse if you have one. Um, And so one of the things I realized was that waking up at 8 a.m. with the kids is not going to work. Um, I didn't have enough time in the day for myself. I didn't have enough time to literally sit down for 10 minutes and hide in the bathroom and like answer a text um, without having my son, mommy, mommy, can I have a cheesy? Can I have this? Whatever. So I realized I need to get up before everyone. And I found so much peace and solace in that because it's quiet. I'm kind of up before the sun. Um, And so to answer your question, I get up at 4.50. And the reason I do that is because I take 10 minutes to lay in bed and give myself that time to say, by 5 a.m., we're going to start this day and we're going to rock it. We're just going to do this. Like, let here's one more day, right? We're going to do it. And I, the morning routine is all about me because I'm a firm believer, believer in being the leader of the pack. So I want to get up before everyone and set the day and set the tone. So I get up. I get ready for the day. I do all my jujus, my my vitamin C cream. I I do whatever I need to do for the day and then go downstairs. I love that it's still dark. Um, Log into Clubhouse because I have to, because that has become a a place of ritual and space for me where I know I'm going to get some inspiration and I'm going to get some education and motivation to pimp up into my day, as I always say. Um, and so I get, I get myself pumped. I get amped. I get the value that I need. I drink my coffee. And then the number one thing I do is go to the treadmill, like a zombie. I don't even think about it. I'm notorious for being a terrible person to upkeep any sort of workout routine, but having a treadmill in the garage is not, I just, I've made it like 
unexcusable. So I go in there and I just walk, I walk on an incline and I've realized when I don't walk in the morning, my day is really foggy. I'm not as quick. I'm not as sharp. I have, I have less clarity. And so I've realized like, you know, I, I need to take those 30 minutes for myself to just walk. I mean, you don't have to do, you know, sometimes I don't even break a sweat, but I do it for the mental because then I have enough energy to go through the day and be able to handle lunches and, and carpooling and all of the fun things that have to happen along with my meetings and my deliverables. Son goes to school at about 7.30 or 8. And then I actually have the entire day to myself to get all of my work done. I, I do a lot of customer interviews. So I'm talking to people all day long. So I want to make sure I'm really sharp and prepared. It takes a lot of preparation. I do all of that the night before. And then I make sure that I get all my deliverables, action items done, as we all do when working, right? And then about 3.30, I usually crash. And I always anticipate that. And I'm like, ooh, here it comes. I know I'm gonna to start to feel a little burnout today. And so what I do is I just go outside and I call it my reset moment because I still have a lot of hours in the day. It's like that halfway, it's, I, I've kind of almost had a full day cause I'm at, I wake up at five. So at 3.30, my body's like, hey girl, wanna sit down? Wanna hang out? Wanna do something else? And then I, that's where I set my old pre-body baby self down. And I say, we don't do that anymore. We don't, we don't give up when it gets hard. We don't stop when we get tired. This is when it matters most. So then I just get back inside and I sit down with a fresh clarity, you know, the vision and the focus. I go back to being my Sasha Fear self and I just start doing whatever I have to do. Go pick up my son around five and that's where I switch into mom mode hard. I don't spend any time checking my email. I give all of my attention to my son and my husband when he comes home. Um, he also works full-time as well. So I know when he comes home, we're all drained. It's the hardest part of the day, but it's what you do when you're tired that counts most. So I get off my phone. I put all my attention on my kids. We make dinner. We make it all about Kennedy. And then once Kennedy goes to bed, Herb, my husband, we have about 90 minutes to do anything we want. And we always look at each other like, what are we going to do? The parents, they've left the party. Like, what are we going to do now? And so usually within those 90 minutes, well, depending on how we feel, we might just like go buy a cake and eat it. Or we will watch a, a numbing TV show and not even talk to each other. And we're also on our phones, like texting whomever, whatever it is, we just have space where it's for us. I'm a firm believer in you need to be a good example for your kids in a relationship as well. And so I take those 90 minutes very seriously of, is there anything I want to talk about with my husband? And he's always rolling his eyes. Like, do you have anything you want to talk about with me today? Cause I'm like, I'm always the go-to person of this. We, sh we could be better at this. So let's talk about this. So he's anticipating that. And then sometimes I, I let him off the hook and I'm just like, nope, we're going to hang out and just enjoy. Um, so really taking that time to focus on us. And then my wind down routine, I, I feel like I need some tips and tricks on this. I just turn off my phone, I go to sleep and I repeat, and I would love to be better about that. Do you have anything that you do as a mom, as a wife, yeah. as a, as a person that runs an empire for your, for your nighttime routine? Cause I feel like I could be better at that, but that's really my schedule in a nutshell. And I love that you ask because Routines are important. People lean on them, put courageous systems in place so that you can be successful. And it's all about time blocking, especially as a mom, because we have so yes. much going on. Like I remember when I first had Kai and funny enough, Lauren, our, our boys are the same age. I, I don't know. I don't know when Kennedy's birthday is, but Kai's in August. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, Kennedy is July. Beautiful. They're a month oh, apart. How crazy it. is that? It's so cute. So, in the beginning, it was, you know, when, when Kai wakes up, I wake up when his day starts, my day starts. And that got really, really overwhelming. Cause I was like, wow, I have no time to brush my teeth. I have no time to wash my face. I have no time to get dressed. Like I need to be beating him to the punch. And he's a pretty early riser. He's up at like six 30, sometimes crying at six, sometimes at seven. So I had to, I had him beat it. I had to beat him to it and finding that morning routine. It's so important. It's something that I'm currently working on. Um, with the nighttime routine for me, I have to make sure it's like the day is washed off. Right. Mm -hmm. So I spend time washing my face. I spend time putting on my skincare, like priming and prepping myself. And it's kind of like a little spa ritual for me. It's very relaxing. Sometimes I'll run a bath. I'll put some Epsom salts in there to help me release any muscle tension. I'll light a cat, you know, a candle or put on some lavender oils diffusing just so I can like get into that relaxation mode. 
I do have a diffuser that I diffuse lavender every single night. And then I have a lavender mist spray that I spray like all over the pillows so that when I get in bed, it's just like, ugh, I'm being held by a little, a little field of lavender and so relaxing and lavender is so great for sleep and de-stressing and relaxing. So highly recommend lavender oil, lavender sprays, lavender of any form. Um, but just taking that time to wash off the day and like really pour into me. I love skincare. I love, um, anything spa-esque like that's my thing. Some people like brands and they like jewelry. I, I like the spa. So if I could bring the spa to home, that's my jam. Um, and that's one thing that I do at night that really just gets me grounded for the day and ready to, to take rest. So that's important. I also got a red light therapy machine here that I'll sit down and I'll do some red light therapy just to clear out all the blue light, get all my cells, you know, and the right frequencies so that we can then go ahead and rest more fully. So those are two of my things that I've been doing that I find have helped a lot with my nighttime routine, but so we're going to have out the a sleepover is what you're saying. Yes. And we're going to have the most amazing sleep ever. Oh my God. That's powerful. Yes. Um, and I, I like what you're saying, make fear your friend. I think a lot of us moms are, are scared to change. We're scared to do something different than what we're currently doing, even though we know what we're currently doing is not working. It's not serving us. It's not serving your family. It's not serving our children. So how do we go about making that change? You spent a year as a stay-at-home mom, and then you made a decision to go back to work when Kennedy turned one-year-old. How did you make that change happen? How did you jump into that deep end? Yeah, it's really funny. Um, Oprah always says this. Um, the universe talks to you in whispers, and I'm notorious for ignoring them. Um, so what happens is a giant train runs into me and I hit a brick wall and I have to listen to the message. I, this isn't even a joke. I woke up one day and said, I can't do it like this anymore. I never say I can't do this. I always say I can't do it like this anymore. I think when you give up and you just say, oh, and become a victim, I, I, I think it, it's really unsettling and unfair to yourself because of course you can. It's just your current way isn't working. Literally, I woke up one morning and I said, I need to go back to work. And I just, I, I started Googling like crazy and I started reaching out to people in my previous network. And I, but I didn't just say, I need to go back to work. I took this up as an opportunity of, I can do whatever I want. I think when you become a mom, we get this second layer of skin and I call it our mama bear skin where you're pretty much unstoppable at that point. You gave life, you, you gave up your body for nine months. And now for the rest of your life, you're sharing your person and your identity with someone. And I don't know anybody that doesn't think that's powerful. To me, that's like the ultimate power of being a woman um, and being a mom. So I've always taken that mentality and I, but as a mom now, I, I wasn't just pre baby body Lauren that was saying, well, I guess I'll go get a job and whatever pays me the most. I took it as a moment of, I don't care if I don't get paid that much. I need to get paid in purpose. I need to get paid in passion. I need to get paid to fill this void that I have that's saying you're a contributor you're a creator and you need to go share that with the world. So I actually landed a few contracting jobs. And it's interesting because the universe works in mysterious ways. Every job I applied to responded to me. And then I became really overwhelmed because I'm a yes person that the normal pre-body baby body Lauren was like a people pleaser. So pre-baby body Lauren showed up and she's like, oh yeah, I'll take on 10 jobs. Sure. And I'll, I'll just slice and dice and make this work. And then I started to burn out, but the good news is I had a lot to pick from. And so I landed on two different jobs. And I said to myself, which one of these is going to fuel you to be the best person you can be? I didn't look at the numbers. I didn't look at the schedule. I didn't look at the company, which position was going to match my goal of being the best version of myself so that I never have to deal with the feeling of unhappy. I'm not enough. I'm not accepted. I, I want to wake up before my alarm clock and be excited to do this job. What job is that going to be? And I really don't like the word job. I use it as a role because 
what role do I need to be in that moment when I'm doing it? Everything is a job, but that's such a negative connotation. It's like, it's a job. I got to work. Like we're instantly like, ugh, what role do I want to play? Who am I going to be in this space? And so I said, you know what? I love helping people. I'm going to stay in marketing, but not just any marketing. I'm going to go into tech and I've been in tech my entire life. And that's because I, it's pretty much in the water here in the Bay area. Um, so it's very accessible. Right. And, and both of my parents were in tech. Um, so I'm like, I'm going to keep the ancestors happy and let's just stay in tech. And so um, I go back in tech and instantly I just felt like I arrived. It was like, we were having a welcome home party with myself. It was like, girl, where you been? Let me catch you up on all what's going on. And I just felt like, you know what? This is the only thing that's been missing. And now I can't even tell you, I, I just wake up and my skin looks better. My hair's growing faster. Music sounds better. Food is out of control tasty to me. Like I'm just naturally happy. And it's because I picked a role that I was proud of, that was gonna make me feel my best every single day. I always say I'm on a mission to make every day feel like Friday. Cause I used to live for Fridays. Mondays, God forbid, right? We're five days away from freaking Friday, Sunday, the scaries, forget it. I hated that routine. I told myself, we're not doing that this time. We got a gift. We're going fresh start reset into the workforce. Let's pick a role that makes every day feel like a Friday. Let's pick a role we're proud of, a role that keeps you sustainably happy and confident. And so you never have to look back and go, am I doing the right thing? So that's such a good question. I really love that question. I so um, love you. Like I'm, fa I'm <laughs> falling in love with you in this interview. Like I, I've been checking you out. I've been following you around the streets. I'm like, what's right. this girl about? I hear her talk. I'm like, oh, she has a good vibe. I like her energy. And honestly, when I booked this interview with you, I felt that I, I was being called to learn something from you. I feel like you're a few steps ahead of me when it comes to, to the mom journey, because I'm, I'm definitely in the weeds. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm experiencing major mom guilt. I mean, yes, I'm serving in my purpose and I'm helping people and I'm inspiring people and I'm pouring into people. My Pilates business is super successful on a wait list. I'm doing this podcast thing. I'm launching this gut reset course. I have all these things going on, but I'm experiencing major mom guilt. Like maybe I shouldn't be working right now. Maybe I should just take a year off. Uh, when Kai sees me walk out and my studios are casita, like I converted the casita at home into a studio. So my commute is literally walking across the backyard. But when he sees me leave and he starts breaking down crying, like mama, mama, it kills me. It pulls at my heartstrings and I feel so guilty. I feel like I'm making the wrong decision. I feel like I'm being a bad mom. Like, why am I putting my goals, my passion, my purpose before my son. Cause I feel like I'm hurting my son by choosing to do it this way. And I don't know if you've ever felt that I'm sure a lot of moms that are listening have felt that or are feeling that how do we get through that? Can you speak to that? Absolutely. I feel that every day, excuse me. I feel that every day at 8.01 PM and that's bedtime because my son knows today's ending and I have to go a long time without saying mom and dad. And so I gear up for that moment of this is where you shine. Um, I think what you're going through is so normal and, and I feel it every day as well. And I think the best thing that you can do in that moment is not, how do I say this? Don't feel bad about putting yourself in that moment first because you're actually putting your son first. You're teaching him there's going to be times in your life where it's going to be really hard to do something. There's going to be times in your life when things are not going to go your way. There's going to be times in your life where you have to stand up for yourself. Mommy's standing up for herself right now. I'm teaching you a lesson. It's painful for me too, because of course we want to hang out with our kids all day. Of course we want to hug them. Of course we don't want to just, we wish we had 300 hours in a single day so that we could do it all. We can't. What you're showing him is that you can do it all. It's just about time blocking, like you said. This isn't goodbye forever, this is goodbye for right now. He's watching you go lead an empire and a movement. That to me is the best mom thing you could do. In that moment, it's so hard. It is so 
painful. Every time at 8.01 PM, when I see the look on my son's face where I say, okay, it's nine night time. He says, nine night. And his face crumbles. And I just see him sinking into himself. The tears come out and our bedtime routine. I'm not kidding. is like 30 minutes. Sometimes, sometimes it takes him an hour. I just lay in the rocking chair and I hold him. Other nights I set him down, I shut the door and I leave and I go, I'm done for today. Where's my husband? Cause I just have those moments of it's okay to show them that it's, it's not always about them. It has to be about the family. Mom needs to do what's important for mom too. If I could, if I could have a dialogue with my two-year-old son every day and he understood everything both of our lives would be so much better, but we can't, we can't tell them. So we have to show them he's going to look back on his life and be like, holy cow, my mom did what? And she didn't have to, he's not going to understand it right now, but he will look back on his life and say, girl, that is my mom. She went after everything she wanted. She took no prisoners. She didn't take no for an answer, not even from her own son. She's a go-getter. I can't wait to be like her and to prove her to her that her work didn't go wasted, that her work was not for just anything, that I'm going to take this movement and keep it going. And I think you are such an amazing example. But in that moment, when you have mom guilt, and it is so powerful. I, we can all agree. We've all had it. And mom shame, whatever you want to call it, let it work for you. Take that moment to look at yourself and say, man, I am such a badass mom. I am showing, I'm, I'm proving to our bloodline that we are strong. We are empathetic. We're passionate people. And in that moment, it's okay to say no and just be the example that they need for you to be. Forgive such a yourself. Beautiful thing. Such yeah. a beautiful thing that you said. And I have to dive into that. You said- I'm doing right by my son because I'm letting him know that it's not all about him. Because if we're just making our lives as mothers, all about our children, we're pouring into them for 18 plus years, then what happens when they choose to take control of their own lives? What happens when they go off to college, when they get married, when they start their own family? And then we're like, hello, I'm still here. Do you remember all the sacrifices I made for you? Hello. Remember I didn't do anything for me. Cause I made you like, that's not fair as a mother to do that to your children in their twenties and their thirties and their forties, when they've gone on and started their own lives. So as a mother, I think it's important. And I love that you said that Lauren, that realizing that by you pursuing your passion, you pursuing your purpose and always doing it with intention. Like making sure that when you have, when, when it's time to be a mom, it's time to be a mom, put away your phone put away your computer. And, and I'm guilty of this. I have to work on this. Give them your full undivided attention. They want to be, they want to feel loved. They want to know that you are paying attention to them. And as long as you're doing that, whether it's for 30 minutes a day or two hours a day or six hours a day, that's where they're growing and they're developing emotionally and physically and mentally. But in, to feel guilty that you're not doing everything for them and you're not sacrificing your life for them. That's not fair to you. Number one. And it's also not fair to them because you're, you're making them feel like they can have everything right. You're, you're actually not developing resiliency in them from an emotional standpoint, because they're going to get older and they're, they're not going to get everything that they want. They're not going to get all the attention. They're not going to get all the things they're, they're going to go through some tough times where they need to learn that, Hey, you need to be a little bit more emotionally resilient. You need to learn that not everything's going to come to you right when you want it. You got to work for things. You got to earn things. And that includes that time and that attention and that love and that affection. You have to earn it. It's not just given. So I love that you said that. That was incredible. And I, I really hope the moms are listening that, you know, no matter what you choose, you choose to be a stay at home mom, rock it, love it, but don't lose sight of you. Like it's okay to find a sitter for an hour so that you can go and wash your hair. It's okay to find, to have someone else like do a play date and let your kids play so that you can go get your nails done. Like pour into you, take care of you. Don't lose sight of you because you were an amazing person now as a mother, before you became a mother. And after you're done mothering, when they've moved on and they've done the rest of their lives, like you're an incredible person. And we don't want you to lose sight of that. We want you to remember that you are a kick-ass, badass mama. And like Lauren said, you birthed this beautiful baby. You brought this miracle to fruition. And now they're watching you. They're observing you. They're being guided by you, not just by the decision that you made, but by how you're showing up emotionally and physically 
and mentally and spiritually as a mother and as a human being. And if you're not happy, your kids feel that. If all you're feeling is guilt, your kids feel that. If you're feeling exhausted and tired and unpurposeful, your kids feel that. So make a decision to take care of you because you can't pour from an empty cup. You got to fill your cup so you can overflow and pour from your overflow, your abundance, the excess, not the reserve, the excess. Don't pour from your reserve. Don't pour from your savings account. Build up that checking account and pour from there. That's how you're going to be successful. And that's not just financially, that's emotionally, that's mentally, that's physically, that's spiritually. Fill up your spiritual cup. Find a routine that works for you to make you the best version of you so that Lauren can overflow from the best version of her. Take care of yourself physically so that you have the energy to at 6 p.m. when it's time to go on for 90 minutes, chase after that two-year-old that's just running around, throwing all the things, doing all the things, right? Climbing all over you. And you're like, ah, you need to take care of that physical body so that you have the energy to keep up with your kids. You got to take care of your, your mindset. Our thoughts are our most powerful things. It can be your best friend or our worst enemy. How are you thinking? Where's your mind going? And how are you feeling? Right? I think it's so important that the mamas, they realize that it's, it's our job to take care of ourselves. Number one. And in order to take care of our children, we need to take care of ourselves. Cause if we're not good, they're not going to be good. They're a reflection of us. They're a reflection of us. They are our mirrors. hundred percent. I love you. My work here is done. I'm going to leave. <laughs> I'm just walking through my too. day. <laughs> but one thing I love that you said is, and maybe I paraphrasing it in my own words, but something I heard yesterday, kids are kinetic learners, which means they learn through movement, which means I took that as a, in, my, in my mom role. I said, whoa, they are observing through movement. They're observing through what you're doing. So many times I've repeated myself to my son and I'm like, why are we not retaining this information? My little two-year-old, my brilliantness. Why are we not, why are we not retaining this? And then I realized I have to show him. If I show him one time, he's got it for life. I'm convinced. He's like, and I don't even, I didn't even show him. He just picked it up himself. He's like, I saw mommy touch that. So I'm going to go touch that. That is what it means to be an example. When your son Kai sees you enter the studio, he will remember that for the rest of his life. He's going to do that one day. He's going to walk into his studio or whatever he decides to do. And he's going to walk in with power and vengeance to take on that day because he saw through example what it means to be powerful, successful. Don't take any prisoners and be unapologetic about it. My favorite people in, in the world are the ones that are just 110% themselves. They don't care what people think of them. They couldn't care less what anyone has to say. They're going to do them anyways, because they know what they're doing. They have that confidence that says it's okay to be me. It's okay to do this right now. Moms, it's okay to be you. Mom is just a role that you play in this crazy thing that we call life. It's beautiful, but it's also really hard because it demands to be like your hairline that never leaves you. It's just a hat, okay? You can take it off and put it back on when you need to. Don't become obsessed to be the perfect mom. It's impossible. Perfect is, a, is something that is never tangible and it is the key to burnout. So I love that you are very open about your mom guilt because sharing is caring, but it's also the most important thing on the planet of I got through it and so can you. I'm a firm believer that everyone has the power inside themselves already to do what they need to do. It's a matter of if you're going to show up and do it. Mom guilt is real. It doesn't have to be. I truly believe it. And guess what? It's going to rear its ugly head. It might rear its ugly head in five minutes after you listen to this episode. But what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? Are you going to sit there and feel like a victim? Or are you going to say, uh-uh, we don't, we don't talk like that anymore. We don't, we don't relish and feel bad about things. We go, I'm going to take this and make it into purpose. I'm going to take this I'm afraid moment and show my kids that I love them because I have to answer a calling to something else because it's not all about you. You said resilience. That is like my mom's middle name. She tells me that all the time. I'll drop the first time I dropped off Kennedy at daycare. He cried for a week. 
And it was the hardest week of my life because I said, what am I doing? I could be at home with him. I could be a stay at home mom and I'm dropping my kid off to have someone else raise him. And then I said, "Uh uh-uh, we don't talk like that anymore. And then I went and got a bagel. No, I'm kidding. No, and then I said to myself, the reason you're doing this is because you said that you need to fill this purpose. So go do it. Go do it. You said you want to do this, Lauren. So go do it. So make it happen. And by the way, be the best, best version of that person. Do not let your son down. You chose to do X, Y, or Z. So you better be the best version of that X, Y, or Z and make it worth it for your kids. Make that fear your friend. Make that passion your purpose, right? If it's painful, make it amazing. Make it powerful. Just go be the best you can be. Whatever you decide to do is beautiful. No matter what decision you make, it's the right decision. Just make sure you go all in and don't look back and enjoy the moment because it's all we have. I love that so much. And I wanted to close it out with one more question. It's a big question for women that are sitting here saying, Hmm, maybe I do want to step into my passion. Maybe I do want to step into doing a gig whether it's a part-time gig or a freelance gig or a full-time gig. And you have that conversation with your, your partner, your spouse, the person who's been supporting your decision to be a stay at home mom. When you went to your husband and you said, Hey, I'm ready to go back to work. How did your husband feel in that moment? And how did you guys work through that? Cause I know a lot of like, it's the masculine energy. They want to protect, they want to nurture, they want to take care of us. So sometimes, you know, we have to look at it from the husband's standpoint, when we go back to him and say, you know, thank you for this, but I would rather do this. That might be hurtful. That might be painful for them to hear. So I'm curious to hear how your husband felt, if you're comfortable answering that question and how you guys work through that. I would love to, because it's such a good question. And I'll be honest, less than 12 hours ago, I was still having this conversation with him. We are regularly checking in on, is this worth it? Um, but let me let me back up and say, and go back to the first time we had this conversation. We, when we got married and we decided to have kids, what her, my husband will say, we were in an agreement that you were gonna stay home. And now you're changing that agreement. I'm giving you the world. I bought you this, your childhood home. I am giving you the gift of time to be with Kennedy. I will pay for whatever you need. Why isn't that good enough? And it's taken us a very long time to get to a place of this is important for Lauren. And so what I have to constantly remind him of is it's important for our family when we all are our best. If one person is struggling, we are all going to struggle. And he saw that. He was really disappointed because like I said, he would love to come home to a sparkling clean kitchen. He would love to have every cookbook's recipe sitting on his kitchen table when when he got home and it was all perfectly made. He would love to have all of his laundry done in a single day and more, right? He wants, he wants, we talk about all the time that that is how he feels loved is for me to just do the smallest things, which I'm sorry, I'm not a chef. I am the chef boyardee. I will microwave something for you in 10 minutes. And that <laughs> and that has gotten us nowhere. So I said to myself, okay, you're not so happy with this working thing because it's interfering with what's making you happy. What is our compromise? That's marriage first and foremost, right? We gotta figure out how we're gonna compromise and get through it. But most importantly, it was a moment for us to say what, what we're currently doing together isn't working. And Herb kept hearing, oh my God, you're so selfish. You're such a brat. I gave you the world and you want to work. My God, blah, blah, blah. And it took me a moment to just explain to him, it's not about the money. It's not that I don't love you. It's not that I can't give you what you need, but what we're currently doing is not working for us as a family. I know this is a shift for Lauren, but it's a shift in our family. And I'm very conscientious to the fact that this is a shift for you too. This is affecting your schedule now. You have to help with this daycare thing. We have to pay for it. We have to deal with the wrath of a new system and and all the things that come with that. But I think it's really important for anybody listening to understand that when you have a partner helping to raise your kid, you need to be very, very clear with them up front about what your needs are. And if they change, that's okay. Do not try to settle with what you said originally if it's not working for you. It's okay to change. 
It's okay to say what we're currently doing isn't working. I want to do it a little bit differently. And I hope you can support me in that way. I need your support because this is important to me. And one thing I always flip the script and I'm not, that's when big mama bear comes out and I take my hoops off and I cross my arms and I say, you get to go to work all day and live your purpose. Why can't I? You are the one that's going to work for 12 hours a day, sometimes 13, depending on the commute. And you're not spending any time with your son, but I am, right? So I don't want to say flip the script, but if, you're, if your spouse, your husband, your partner, your wife, whomever is not understanding this, try to go in their shoes first and understand their pain. But most importantly, point out to them that they are also getting to live their purpose. So why can't you? Why is it being put on the mom? to stay home? Why is it so important that the female is fulfilling that 1950s mid-era, you know, bias? We need to work as a family together to get to where we need to be. Our current situation isn't working. Time to make a change. We're not going to look back. This is what's happening. And to this day, we still talk about it. I'm not kidding. Last night, we had this exact conversation. The universe works in mysterious ways. And he needed a reminder because I came home two nights with takeout for dinner. And he was like, are you kidding me, girl? You're home all day. Where's my dinner? You know, that's what makes me happy. But I explained to him, I had a long day. I did about 14 meetings today. I didn't have the energy. And so we got to, uh, this is a very <laughs> tactical strategy in our relationship. He said, fine, I won't expect a home-cooked meal every night. We'll do takeout two nights a week. Conversation done. We, we, we saw a problem. We recognized it. We worked together. We compromised. That's what it takes to fight in your relationship. That's what it takes to be a good mom. Find what is working for you guys as a unit. Make sure everybody is getting their peace. Make sure your voice is heard. Do not be afraid to speak up for your own needs because it's so easy to put them under the rug as a mom. And if you need help with that, reach out to me or Nico, because I am the first to be like, uh-uh, we're getting you what you need right now. Yes. And I'm going to help you yes. get what you need. I love that so much. Lauren, thank you so, so much for being on the Failing Forward podcast today. Where can we find you? How can we connect with you? And I'm going to be leaving all this information in the show notes for everyone that's tuning in as well. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Thank you so much for having me. This was amazing. Anyone can get a hold of me on social. I am constantly lurking the channel. So please find me on Instagram. You can also find my podcast on all of the major directories. So I'm on Apple, Spotify, Google, etc. And I also have my website, Fortunately Relatable. If you want to be on my show, if you want to just reach out and say, hey, if you need more tactics, tricks, strategies, goal, road mapping sessions, whatever it is, reach out to me on my website at fortunatelyrelatable.com. Again, I'm rooting for you. Whatever it is you're doing, whatever strategy, tips, tricks, things you need, I'm here to help you. Mom guilt is real. It doesn't have to be. The burnout is real. Make it your friend. Thank you so much for having me today, Nico. I had a blast and I can't wait to have our sleepover. I you can't can wait to Lauren. me with your lavender goodness. Girl, yes. that sounds amazing. I will show you all the things to help unwind. And then you can help me in the morning routine, get me moving a little bit quicker. So I'm not just like, all right, here we go. Yeah. We go. I love it. I love Perfect. it. Have a great rest of your day, Lauren. We appreciate you. We love you. And we'll talk to you really soon. Thank you so much. Bye everyone. 